I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If it's like you're under 30 and you're childless, fucking do it. It can't go that bad. Just fuck it off. Quit your job. Quit your shitty job. You don't need it. You're better than that. Nothing can go so wrong. This week, we're dealing with, I guess, what you could call a first world problem. I'm talking about people who are in employment, a semi-decent job, and they're stable. I mean, I say stable. They're obviously still living in their overdraft, just not their over-overdraft. And they have pleasant weekends and pleasant mates, but they just didn't think they'd still be doing this because they only got into their job after uni when they were looking for something else. And now they're 27, and they wonder if it's too late. Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe you are someone like that. And if you are, should you just quit your job today? now well yeah Forbes just did this big piece on it actually workers that stay with a company longer than two years can end up getting paid as much as 50% less than their colleagues who jump around from job to job and those colleagues progress through their chosen career path quicker than people who are loyal to the company they're with but also how many days are you going to waste doing something you hate Later, we're going to answer that question with Joel Golby's Should I Quit My Job quiz. Before that, we'll hear from a wide boy, a dreamer, and first, a quitter. I am working in financial regulation for a trading firm in the city. So this is Becky, and in a way, her story is the most ordinary story in the world. It's everyone's story. She needed work, her parents wanted her to have some security, so she got a job that she wasn't that excited about. Did you wake up one morning and just think, I know what I want to do when I'm old, I want to be a financial regulation lawyer. The reason I went into it initially was a combination of parental pressure, feeling a bit lost. I wanted like a well-trodden career path um, and something where you get a professional qualification. If I'd have said to you when you were 23, like, this is what you'll still be doing in four years, would you feel excited by that or would you feel a bit horrified? I think at 23, I was still quite wide-eyed and naive about the whole industry. And I think it took a long time of steadily chipping away. Um, So I think at 23, I wouldn't have been completely aghast. But now at this stage, the thought of doing my boss's job fills me with dread. Okay, why does it fill (laughs) you with dread? And it's not just work. She says it affects her whole life. She's always super busy, always dreading Monday morning. 
and she's so worried that she's becoming the wrong kind of person. I feel that I'm starting to come across as someone who's constantly whinging and constantly like a negative presence and I don't want to be like that. I don't think I am like that, but it really undermines who you are. So unsurprisingly, she's trying to get out of this job. She's not exactly sure what she wants to do next, but creative industries, maybe telly? She's been doing work experience at a few TV places. Okay, talk to me about how you're managing to continue working a really high-powered job in a law firm and do like internships and work experience in the creative industries at the same time. It's extremely hard, borderline unmanageable, depressingly so. I'm using my holidays up to do interviews and to meet people and to do work experience. So you have to really want to get out. You have to be very determined. It's something I've wanted for so long, so I kind of accept it. And I find what I do on a day-to-day basis really mundane anyway. So I feel like anything was kind of a step up. But it is hard being at the bottom and people who are a few years ahead of you, but younger than you, it's kind of hard to accept. The thing is, though, Becky's felt like this for ages, and yet she still hasn't quit her job. I think my three biggest fears with the career change are um, friends and family, whether or not um, I'll disappoint them or how they feel about me taking a leap into the unknown, especially um, family who provided so much support and friends who don't really see you as anything other than the career you've chosen. A second major one is financial. Obviously, working in the city, you're quite well rewarded and you're kind of used to living at having that kind of standard of living. Thirdly, I think the biggest one is probably failure. Obviously, you've got your hopes up so much and you're so unhappy with what you've chosen initially. And um, I think it's easy to rose tint the second career change. So when I sent the email, there was my resignation letter. I don't think I was anywhere near the sort of mental state that you should be when you write one of those letters. You know, people usually say to you, you should think about it the day before, then sit down, write it, and there should be a, a, a planned meeting with you and your manager and to walk in, discuss it. The way I did it, uh, there was no meeting, um, and I just went hell for leather, partly because I think I was still drunk. Okay, so Becky doesn't know what to do. I guess most people don't. Maybe we can heed some advice from these next two stories of people who actually quit their job. Every day I would log on to the computer systems that didn't work. This is Lolly. Oy vey, has she had some boring jobs. have loads of questions from all these countries because of the time zones that have come in being like, urgent, I don't have my books for the class tomorrow. 
um, please can you log in and add 20 LSAT books because you've only sent us one or something. I wouldn't know how to use the system. My boss would be like, oh, you need to speak to Amanda. And I'd be like, well, who is that? <laughs> and then she'd be like, oh, Amanda, she's in the US office, so I'd have to wait until 2 p.m. <laughs> and then email Amanda and be like, how does this work? And then she'd be like, I don't know, you need to speak to Greg. Okay, so this is a familiar pattern. We've heard about it already. She's trying to do two jobs at once. If I got offered a gig, I'd be like, I've got a gig, gotta call in sick to my job so that all day I can just practice doing my comedy. when my boss was like, you call in sick a lot? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, mm, I do, yeah. And then she was like, um, notice that you're on BuzzFeed a lot and you're, you're looking at your own headshots a lot <laughs> and you're, you're sort of not doing any of your work. And I was like, how dare you? Yeah, I know, you're right. <laughs> um, and then wanted to go to Edinburgh and would need a, a month off work. So I asked my job if I could have a month off and they were like, obviously not. So she actually did it. She got her P60 and tried to become a stand-up comedian. My mum was like, okay, so you've just made this decision without telling us. And I was like, yeah, moving back in, isn't that fun? Like, she, she was like supportive, but she was like, so you're going to Edinburgh where you're not gonna make any money and you're, you're gonna move back in and you're not gonna have a full-time job and then what's gonna happen after Edinburgh? And I was like, just trust me. By the way, can I borrow 2,000 pounds so that I can go to Edinburgh <laughs> and do all of this stuff? Okay, so long story short, it worked out. I can actually vouch for that. I saw Lolly in Edinburgh this year at one of her 30 sold-out shows. If you think that your comedy and what you want to do and you want to work hard enough to be the best, then do it. But if you're just doing it because you think it would be fun, then don't do it because the world needs people to work for charities. Okay, so great. You've got a classic rags-to-riches story or rags-to-middling-riches. But the kicker is that as a comedian, having a shit job is actually kind of useful. Someone was telling me about... Sasha Baron Cohen and being like how I don't know if this is true or just a rumour but like he finds it hard to write comedy now because he like lives in LA just hangs out with cool fun people and doesn't hang out with like the people that he based his characters on before. I can see the similarities between your Finsbury Park bedroom and Sasha Baron Cohen's it LA mansion. It is the same thing. It's the, it's the same, same thing. echo chamber you know <laughs> it's, it's I'm, I'm surrounded by celebs day to day. I was in Bristol and I'd met someone I really liked and we had gotten so drunk that we couldn't find our way back to halls in uni. So we went to the hotel room and we had it for another night and I didn't want to go back to London to do my job. I phoned up at five in the morning on the day of my shift and cancelled and because I was still really drunk, didn't think it, there was anything wrong with doing that. And then once I'd slept and sobered up, I realised I done a bad thing because it was a small bar and they really needed me. When I did it the second week in the row, my employer was so gobsmacked that he didn't even tell me off really. Just said, um, we don't want you to work for us anymore. All right, so let's break this down. (laughs) 
need balls to quit your job. And even if you grow those balls, you still live with that fear that you made the wrong decision. I mean, we could have spoken to loads of people who wanted to be astronauts or footballers or principal characters on Geordie Shore. And for them, choosing to follow their dreams would have been a terrible idea. imported the uh, beaded sea covers so I was always kind of trying to import and exports but I've always done things on such a tight budget that I could never really afford a failure because it isn't like you this say, is oh, Joel he's an entrepreneur but kind of in the way apprentice contestants are entrepreneurs like lots of ideas and lots of gusto your first product in your adult life that you thought this is a business goer what was it it was a soft toy when um, my friends started having babies, you know, and they'd be flying back from uh, foreign countries. The dads always used to... See what I mean? Loads of great ideas. Who doesn't need a beaded seat cover? But it doesn't always work out. How much did you say you raised? Uh, around about 25k. Okay. Don't take me to court on that one. But I so. How much money did Q4 make you? Make me? Back on that 25k. About two grand. If you can't return investment, it's embarrassing. Um, but normally it's done in such a way that uh, it's done with the business people that understand what the risks are and they believe in the product as much as you believe in the product. And as long as you don't do anything underhand and kind of go off to the south of France for two weeks and uh, spend the investment unwisely, then uh, the guilt is very small. Joel's not at the beginning of his career like Becky and Lolly. He's at the end of it. And as a grown-up, he has to worry about grown-up things, like what his wife thinks. She, she would must have rather me have a proper job and earn a good living and have two weeks holiday a year. When you have a new idea, do you tell her what it is or would she just roll her eyes? She's probably the last person to find out most times. I thought I was moving on, basically did the same thing every single year. So I quit after a few drinks the night before, quite spectacularly, writing an email on my phone whilst hung over to my boss. I resigned for all the right reasons and I definitely needed to leave and it needed to be like a band-aid and I needed to rip it off quickly and I needed to be out of there and otherwise I'd have drifted. But I think the better thing to do would have been to do it in that kind of fundamental, boring, contrived way that everybody tells you of how to resign. And that's probably not a way you want to go out of an, a place of employment with people thinking, oh yeah, remember him? He was a bit of a fuck up, wasn't he? I think I've had like one really terrible job, which was when I was aged sort of 12 or 13. I would give out leaflets for a local mobile phone company while dressed in a giant teddy bear suit. And I think because I was so young and didn't really understand what a job was, and also because Trigger Happy TV was on at the same time, I used to really use it as just an opportunity to do like weird shit, like go into Sainsbury's and try and buy like honey with some twigs and stuff dressed in my bear costume. Anyway, I was quickly fired after two weeks, but that was probably as low as it ever got for me. Joel, have you had like proper jobs where you're like, I just want to get out of here, like I want to... Yeah, I mean, I, I quit a job before. 
Um, but it was I mainly quit it because it was either quit or get fired. Like they were really lining up to fire me. Right. So, why? Why? What was the vibe? Well, I kind of can't remember why, but it was a very small office, maybe like eight to ten people, mm. and I decided that the one of the the people in the office I didn't like. I decided not to talk to them for six months directly. Right. Which um, what like a child, <laughs> like, like a child, a, mate. like a literal. Please, can you tell Amelia to stop playing on her phone? <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Right. So I I decided to keep conversation away from this one person in the office, which was very awkward because we were all working in the same room, and um, the woman made like loads of HR complaints. So I quit like the next day. Right. Which was amazing because I'd been there two and a half years. I hated every fucking second of it. Why and it was, you quit before? Well, it's hard to quit a job, man. Jobs pay for you to live and you kind of need it. Have you ever had... Hi, Millie. Hi. Have you ever had a, a lengthy period of unemployment? Yeah, I mean, after I graduated, my worst job, though, definitely was working in a go-karting call centre, cold calling people and selling them go-karting. Okay, so you're calling me. What do you say? Okay, I'm going to try not to say the brand name because I think I could get in trouble. Okay. Hi, um, this is Amelia calling from mm, Go-Karting. I see that last year your son Charles came for a birthday party with us and had 12 friends come along. Um, I'm just wondering how he found the experience and whether he might want to come back this year. If he does, we can throw in a cake for free, that kind of thing. Oh, I see. Um, it's actually my daughter, Charles, and I find this very offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows these days? <laughs> Who knows these days, eh? What do you think about people, maybe they're in a go-karting call centre, they've been there for a couple of years, they're thinking that they want to leave, but the money's too good. Like, when is the right time to actually jump? When is when is the right time to go, and when is the right time to just play it safe? Joel, have you given this much thought? I've given it an awful lot of thoughts, Sam. Have you? Yeah. Would you like to hear my thoughts? Yeah, can I hear your thoughts? Well, thankfully, I've formed my thoughts into the shape of a quiz. That's but so unlike you. I know. <laughs> a fun quiz that you and I can take. Oh, that's good. But obviously, we're hamstrung here because you were saying before that you you love your job, every aspect of it. Every aspect of my job. So it's tricky because I kind of want to give you the quiz, but we can't because you love your job. So for now, you're going to have to play... A different person. Okay, give me my role. I need some... Uh... All right, you're Ali. <laughs> <laughs> McBeal? <laughs> sure. Okay. So you're Ali McBeal. Right. But... Who is a zookeeper from Leeds. Yeah. Or uh, maybe I work at that zoo that's killed 400 animals. Yeah, killer zoo. <laughs> so Ali McBeal from the killer zoo. Also, crucially, you, you, you're thinking about quitting your... Pretty much because I hate job. it. Just, mm. It's just shoveling shit all day. To That's be literally all zookeeping. Literally, is. it's shoveling shit. Everyone thinks it's like. Wait, uh, can't Millie get a role? It's not going to work format wise. It's a one person quiz. Well, she did her bit with all the interviews. We've had enough of her. Okay, already. we've had enough of her. This it's is just your a deal. You. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Question one Do you hate your job? I hate it so much. Okay, because that is kind of crucial with quitting your job. So if yes, which you have said yes. Mm. But do you absolutely also rely on your job to live? And if you got fired from it or quit your job, would you essentially be rendered homeless within around four to six weeks? Okay, so shall I do some backstory here? Please. For the zookeeper. Yeah, well, actually, it's been really hard because I, I actually moved to Leeds from um, 
some other smaller place in Yorkshire I don't know the name of. Yeah. And um, Allerton. Allerton, yeah. And um, you know, it was a it was a real big risk coming to the quote unquote big city. Mm. And um, you know, if I don't have this, I think I could be I could be on the streets within weeks. Okay. And I should I should probably tell you not to quit your job then. Oh, okay. Because but what about how I hate how much I hate it? Okay, we'll get into that. Okay. Did you also used to have dreams of having another job, a better job, maybe a, a dream job, perhaps in a creative industry, perhaps sort of a more powerful zookeeping job? I have always had a dream job mm. to work for um, L magazine. L magazine. L magazine. It's a sideways move. It's a sideways move. And obviously, you know, as a bloke from Leeds working in a zoo, it's not, it's not a natural fit. No. But I just love their art design. Yeah. And um, that's something I've just always... You would be design side rather than editorial just to... Uh, yeah, to be clear, I'd, I'd be sort of doing the layouts. You know what I like is the pages where all the stuff sort of fans out in a circle, mm. like, ooh, dresses. Okay, so when you wake up in the morning mm. on a job day, a day you're going to your zookeeper job yeah um what most commonly is the first thought that swims out of the ether and into your mind i have some options here mm. so the first one is Ugh. Mm. And the second one is oh god oh god not again not again no and the third one is another day closer to death and then the fourth one is this is all right you know what i'd say this is all right because you know, it's nice to be around the animals. Yeah. I do have to tell you that is, in the context of the quiz, absolutely the wrong answer. Okay, sure. But I just wanted to make it a bit more of a... I know e you're trying to go for realism here. Yeah. I'm trying to run a quiz. Okay, sorry. So, I death. I want to... I hate it. Thank you. Yeah, jump off the building. Is that so hard? Okay. What I'm getting from you is, yeah, fundamentally, you have a dream. Mm. And that's great. Mm. But also, I feel you could you could be just as happy... Just higher up the higher up the ladder. Yeah, just maybe if they put you on hose duty. Okay, so give me the killer question that's going to really... How many times a day do you fantasize about how you're going to quit? Because I see you as sort of going for the, the dramatic option, like you called into a meeting with your boss. Right, I have fantasized about this, yeah. The meeting's going well and you're sort of tapping your pen on the table and at, at one point you sort of slam your hands down and you go like, you know what, actually, and you sort of half stand up and everyone's like shit what's going on and you just go you can shove your 20 grand a year up your fucking ass and then you walk out and people are like stunned in the room and then when you go out everyone's standing up and like slowly clapping cheering applauding how often per day would you say you fantasize about that zero one or multiple i mean it's so weird that you describe it like that because that is exactly how i fantasize it the thing is we don't even have to fantasize i mean i did enjoy that and i'll tell you what it's made me feel um, it's back. It's me. It's Sam again, guys. Oh, it's hey. Sam. Hi, hi. How are you doing? I guess what I'm trying to work out is like if people are having crises about where they're working or if their right life is going in the right direction, if they're worried about whether they should take a risk to follow their dream or whatever. Like, do you guys have a sense of what a, like what a dream end goal would be like when you're like 45, 50? You know what, I think if you're like literally at a crossroads and you're like, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. You, the the quiz, the real quiz, <laughs> yeah. the quiz that was in our hearts all along yeah. was, are you under 30? Yes or no. <laughs> yeah, do, that's it. <laughs> like, do you have a kid? Yes or no. Right. If it's like you're under 30 and you're childless, mm. fucking do it. It can't go that bad. Just mm. fuck it off. Quit your job. Quit your shitty job. Mm. You don't need it. Mm. You're better than that. And nothing can go so wrong so so bad so life-endingly bad from it just quit your shitty boss shit on your boss's desk get rid 
Do you have a lot of shitting on your boss's desk fantasies? Yeah, that was actually a deleted question from the main quiz. So should you quit your job? Well, I don't know, like the thought of a society where everyone just follows their dreams and all we've got is social media managers and graphic designers and people launching their apps. That sounds terrible. But the problem is what's bad for society might actually be good for you. And if there's something you need to be doing right now and you haven't got a kid or a dependent or a mortgage or some other responsibility we're not talking about, then yeah, just do it already. God. Yeah, But It's Not As Simple As That was produced by Sam Bonham at Rethink Audio. Subscribe to us on iTunes and also please, if you get a chance, leave a rating. Five stars, ideally. My name's Sam Wolfson. We'll be back next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.